Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Happy Camel Day. This is Wednesday, January 10th, 2024, the year of our Lord, A.D. What a tremendous uh, start to the year for some. Uh, It's been treacherous for other things. Uh, I'm not a news uh, podcaster or anything of that sort. I would be a terrible one if I was. Uh, But man, it's been a (laughs) quick start to this year. Um, as a side note in, in news that does not matter whatsoever, uh, for all my Wolverine fans out there, go blue. Oh my gosh, Michigan Wolverines college football team here close to me in Ann Arbor uh, in Michigan. I grew up going to the big house where they play their, their football games. I was just there at a game. Uh, shout out to Alro Steele that hooked me up uh, with my mom to get some uh, sweet tickets in the booth, air-conditioned booth on that uh, wonderful day. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it was amazing. And, uh, anyway, I was lifelong, lifelong Wolverine fan. and never thought I would see it since, uh, 1997 when they shared the title in Nebraska, uh, first outright title since I think 1948 goes back to the Truman administration. So, uh, a little bit of history happened here. I'm so beyond grateful for the small things. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Sometimes it's the small things. Uh, I'll have a passage if you have your Bibles with me, or if you're reading in the car, you'll have to look, uh, listen to this late, later. Maybe the, the Bible on audio can help, but we're going to be Luke 16. It'll be in Luke 16 a little bit here uh, in a bit, uh, the, the NASB version, 1995, of course. But I want to talk about this. So maybe the guys listening can relate to this. One of the things that I find just comical when I look back over my life sometimes is that it's the small things that make me the most angry. And it's taken me a long time to figure out why that's the case. And just today, for example, for those of you who, you know, adults, you have your own lives going on, I missed an appointment today. It was not a severe medical appointment or anything, but it was in my calendar. I wrote it down, had several reminders, and I just lost track of time at work. And it's not the end of the world. We're able to reschedule it and everything. But it really, really upset me because I was disappointed in myself. That's not how I was raised. I don't like being like a lot of other people in that regard because it was just a failure of stewardship and responsibility because it was completely my fault. Uh, there, there was no extenuating circumstances. I just, I knew it was today and I just, just slipped my mind. I did not do a good job of time management because I was busy at work and that is purely an excuse there, there's no good reason for me to have missed it. And I was so disappointed. I was very angry with myself. And that small thing, because it's not, it wasn't like I missed like a liver biopsy or something, you know, um, it's inconsequential. And why did it bother me? I mean, for those of you who want to know, it was a haircut and I'm, my hairline's receding. So maybe it's a good thing I missed it. Um, let my hair uh, grow out a little bit more. And that's, and I go to this person because I'm loyal to them. They've cut my hair for a long time. And do I really need a professional haircut? No, but I, I like supporting this business. And and so there, there's my little defense. Let me get on my little soapbox here. But I feel so bad. And I know it's not going to be that big a deal to the person, but it, it's those things. I, I told my boss today that if I'd have heard my apartment complex burned down, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, it was, about, it was bound to now, like, uh, sooner than later, I suppose. Like, it wouldn't bother me as much, and it's because these things are in control. And for you guys out there, you'll, you'll, I think this is where you'll relate. When I was in high school, uh, I am more of a very expressive person with my hands, and sometimes I, I don't watch my spatial awareness as much as I should. And 
I was putting on a coat. I was putting on my winter coat. I think we were leaving for church. And I, I put my coat on and I swung my arm around and I knocked off this like barometric, you know, pressure temperature thing. You ever seen those? It's a it's a long, it's about like 14 inches tall, very narrow tube of water or whatever. And it has the little multicolored little things in it and it measures the temperature. You know, you've seen those before? I, I knocked it over and it broke and it shattered. It got water everywhere. Now that thing had been in our family for, I'm not kidding you, 25 years, something like that. And I broke it. And I was beside myself. It, there was no mal malice or ill intent. It was a complete accident, but I was so upset because it was so avoidable. You see, the big things in life, the being diagnosed with, with maybe with a, with, a, with a disease or dealing with, with death uh, of a loved one or being really sick, you know, those things have a burden for sure. But as far, as far as like that immediate reaction, it's the small things that bother me the most in the moment. Now, they're inconsequential, but again, it's, it's like sometimes like I, you, you could have a bad day and then you, you get in your car and then your tire pressure gauge comes on. And then you then you got to stop and get gas, but the gas station you stopped at that pump wasn't working. So uh, you go to another gas station only for the the credit card machine to, to not work. So you got to pay cash, but then you got to but then you realize you don't have a lot of cash. So now you got to get creative. So it's like those small things, right, that just add up. And, and sometimes for me, and again in that example, those aren't the end of the world things. Those are those are first world problems. They, they can be fixed, but it, it's something, and it's always something else, something else, and it piles on and it's not the same way when you have a bad day, uh, a bad day or or a horrendous diagnosis or bad news from a loved one or sickness or something of that sort maybe you have a maybe you got fired or I don't know like the, yes they pale in comparison I, I completely understand that that's not my point is that sometimes like the um, the emotional reaction on the things that we can control at least for me is like I, I can't even get the small things right how am I supposed to do the big things correctly? How am I supposed to handle the big things when they come, when the small things, I fail? And it's a reminder of my frailty, my fallenness, my, my lack of perfection as a, as a human being. And it, and it makes me angry sometimes because I, I go throughout my day and I'm like, I, that should not have happened. I'm a better person than that. Well, this, this reminds me a lot of what we see in Luke chapter 16 with a passage called The Unrighteous Steward. Starting at verse 1, now he, Jesus, was also saying to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and this manager was reported to him as squandering his possessions. And he called them and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an accounting of your management, for you can no longer be manager. The manager said to himself, what shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from the management, people will welcome me into their homes. And he summoned each of one of his master's debtors, and he began saying to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. And his master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of unrighteousness, so that when it fails, they will receive you into the eternal dwellings. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. 
And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you have been, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of which is another's, who will you give? Uh, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and wealth. Now, the latter point there about God and wealth, that's, that's all well and good, but it's, we're talking about stewardship and faithfulness to things that you've been given. And of course, the kingdom of heaven here is not being compared to money as a sense like it, that it's equivalent. No, God's saying, I mean, if, you, if God can trust you with money and, and, and it's going to serve his kingdom, then I, I like to think that depending on what you're doing in your life, God will certainly bless you with that. Well, at the same time, if we could be entrusted with stuff here on heaven, what about the things that really will matter? In, uh, or excuse me, here on earth, what about the stuff that will matter infinitely more in heaven? Well, take this parallel and, and look at the stuff that happens to us when bad things happen to us. Do we react the same way that other people do? Do we put our fists through a wall? Do we scream and shout? Do we injure ourselves? Do we cuss and swear, get angry at other people not and blame other people? Or are we, do we humble ourselves and, and look at ourselves in the mirror first saying, you know what? I, I got to ask for forgiveness. I am sorry that this has happened. It's a sign of my sinfulness. Help, help me, save me uh, as I need your grace, Father, every day. It's how do we respond to the small things, I find, will help indicate, give us the ability to respond to the big things. Now, there's, of course, there's the things about fight or flight in times of violence. There's um, bad news where people um, go and, and they cope with a, with a mechanism of silence or denial. And I like to think that when, if you can handle those small things in life and you're living your life fearing God and not anything else, you can handle those big things, if not to help carry other people through them. And that's the other key is that we, when we suffer, we do not suffer alone. Very rarely is it truly alone physically. God's always with us, of course, but very rarely is it ever just by ourselves. We might feel that way, and Satan very much would like us to feel that way. But yeah, I, I think sometimes there's there's a different path. And so for me tonight, the message really is for me too, is that, you know, I I was angry. I didn't, I didn't sin today. I don't believe I sinned today when I found out, but I, I mean, I was just beside myself because I was so disappointed. And, you know, in the past, I would get really angry. I, I would really yell and kick and scream and break something or hit something because it's like, this is a reflection of my character. I try to build a better character because I'm trying to represent God. Of course, but I, ironically, how I'm representing God now is terrible because I wasn't responding while I was reacting. And the difference my mom taught me always that responding is done with reason, reaction is done with emotions. Emotions are not bad, but if they control you, like your anger, in your anger do not sin, scripture tells us, Saying it's not bad, you don't. I mean, I have. I'm justified in feeling the way that I did. But what do I? What am I doing with that anger, that bitterness, that resentment, that that disappointedness in my own self? What am I doing with that? Those are the questions we must ask. And so tonight, if things haven't been going your way, and again, that's that's a whole nother like message of like just not getting our own way and throwing a temper tantrum, which adults do all the time. They, we just disguise it better sometimes, and sometimes not. Um, how do you respond to bad news in life? The small things, not the big things, but the small things. And, and you know what the small things are. If you, if you take a 10,000-foot view, you know it's a small thing because it's not the end of the world. And if you don't know if it's a small thing or not, ask the person closest to you. They'll give you the honest feedback. How do we respond to that? I think indicates where our heart is with, our, with stewardship and how we can be trusted. Because when you give people good news, 
how they handle the good news. Sometimes they become fatalists, but most times people are pretty happy when they receive really good news. What happens if you receive really better news? But how do we, I think the times in life where, where Christianity, where we're, we're, we're known for our hypocrisy more is when bad things happen. We don't do anything, we're apathetic, or we respond no differently than our culture that we so vehemently chastise all the time. So these are just some thoughts. Thank you for bearing with me today. Um, again, for all the Wolverine fans out there, I know, I hope this is a good, um, this has been a, a uh, amazing journey this last college football season. So I have some news. I have some guests coming back. Uh, we're going to put that on the schedule here. Um, we got two guests. We're out at the back here in 2024, as I as promised here. So look for those in the next coming weeks. In the meantime, thank you so much for your listenership. Have a good rest of your camel day. May God bless you. May God keep you.